Here we've got episode 80, the big eight zero. Do you know what shamanic energy medicine is? Do you feel this kind of weird thing bubble up inside of you that's like, oh, that's hippie nonsense? (laughs) I know that when I first heard it many years ago, and I heard about shamans and spiritualism and all of these different things, I definitely rolled my eyes. Younger Maddie looks at me now and thinks it's hilarious. But today's show is for you. If you've ever wondered about the spiritual component of your journey, if you've wondered what the purpose or function of a shaman is, because on today's episode, we have an actual shaman from here in Australia, which is super exciting. Uh, he's become a good friend of mine, and uh, this is just episode one. We're going to d- deep dive into many deep topics, but today we just want to get a core understanding of what shamanic energy medicine is and how you can interface with it throughout your life to better your health and improve the quality and hopefully length of your life. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome back to another episode of the show from deep in the isolation phase of this global, let's call it a spectacle. As you know, it's my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly want before December 2020. And I'm not too far from launching another round of my program, so stay tuned for that. I'll put a link in the show notes below as well. And so, we have a pretty interesting guest on the show today. We're heading over to, uh, let's say, the other side of medicine. Today, we're delving into shamanic energy medicine with Matthew Titmus, whom has over 28 years of experience in the practice of associated healing practices and been on the path of spiritualism from the age of three after a near-death experience. Matthew is a shamanic energy medicine healer, medicine man, wisdom keeper, and also a Reiki master with experience as a, now this is interesting, experience as a paramedic in Western medicine, emergency medicine, and in Australia. Matthew runs a private practice in which he weaves and melds healing modalities together and draws upon his sacred teachings of ancient indigenous healing practices. And he's learned and studied that in Peru and Chile in South America with the Cuero Shamans of the Sacred Valley of Machu Picchu. He is a graduate of the Four Winds Society under the teachings of medical anthropologist Alberto Vialdo and his wife, Shaman. Marcella Lobos. Uh, He is currently continuing his work with his Aboriginal artist healer, Auntie Dawn in Tasmania, Australia, and studies ancient cultures from around the world. So a big warm welcome to the show, Maddie. How you doing, mate? G'day, Maddie. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for being here. And I'm I'm well. So this uh, topic is definitely going to be opening up new parts of people's brains. So maybe we can start with just what is shamanic medicine? Well, thank you so much, Maddie, for having me on your show today. And I just wanted to um, say good day to everybody out there who's listening in. And um, so, what I thought I'd do today is just lay a bit of a foundation for what shamanic energy medicine is. And I'm drawing upon a article that um, Alberto wrote in January the fifth, two thousand sixteen. So. This is his. This is how he's uh, he's put it. So, for millennia, the indigenous wisdom keepers, the medicine men and women of the Americas, in fact, the world, developed methodologies for healing that were based on upgrading the quality of the luminous energy field, the LAF. 
also known as the halo or aura. This energy matrix surrounds all living beings and organises the body the same way iron filings are organised by a magnet on a piece of glass. The LEF contains information about our genetic histories, the illnesses, the psychological dramas that run through our families and determines how we heal, how we age and even how we die. This information is encoded in the form of imprints that are stored in the field and when we don't upgrade the equality of the LEF, the LEF, we end up living out the same dramas that our parents and grandparents experienced, the successes and the failures, the lost, the loves and the hurt. We end up repeating them all. When we upgrade the quality of the LEF by clearing the imprints of trauma and disease, we create the energetic conditions for health and disease goes away. This is the foundation of shamanic energy medicine and we aim to create and maintain an extraordinary health so our health span equals our lifespan. Yeah, wow. So cutting-edge neuro- neuroscience is now confirming what shamans have always known along, that neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to organise itself into higher order, neurocircuitry, we can create psychosomatic health. And our biology is telling us about our epigenetics, our ability to modify our genetic expression through what we eat, drink and breathe through the thoughts we have and the love we experience in our lives. In fact, 10% of our health or illnesses is influenced by our genes. The other 90% is a result of our lifestyle and our dreams. Wow. Yeah. It's massive. <laughs> it's quite comprehensive, isn't it? Absolutely. What, how long's the history on shamanic medicine? Like Because, you know, Western medicine's what, about 150 years old, but... How long? How old is shamanic medicine to have all those complexities and perspectives involved in it? It it goes back thousands and thousands of years, to be honest, and it's pretty broad. But where um, all indigenous cultures around the world practice different forms of shamanism or connection to the earth, and um, yeah, it's it's very very old. What do you think has been or has changed about the world where shamanic medicine is not? at the forefront of the conversation because with so many, you know, such an embedded imprint on history, it's interesting now that shamanic medicine is regarded as quote-unquote hippie nonsense, you know. Um, So, I'm wondering what do you think has happened in the conversation for it to be so far, you know, sort of down the ladder of priority? Well, I think um, in general, people around the world, and broadly speaking, a big percentage of people are awakening up, waking up, their consciousness is expanding. Um, they're kind of looking at how their life is, and um, a lot of uh, and I'm speaking quite broadly in a lot of t- in a lot of ways, a lot of people are really identifying with ancient cultures, and especially geographically as well. You know, if you just look at pictures of Peru or South America in general, um, you know, I've met a lot of people who are just infatuated by by it just geographically alone. So I think there's there's a real inquisitive, curious um, thing going on, um, and that's sort of melding with consciousness expansion around the world at this time, at this special time. Yeah, I agree with you that this chapter in history that we're going through in 2020 is certainly awakening a lot of people to some deep and potentially scary truths about the world we live in oh exactly and i think what i've found with the ancient wisdom teachings and healing modalities is it's very simplistic truth and um a lot of what i've learned has been based on resonance and um 
you know, teachings that are thousands of years old that um, are practiced still these days. Um, and we just have a general resonance with it. And um, it can really start by just reconnecting to the earth. And I think a lot, and as I said before, I'm speaking quite broadly, um, I feel that there's a lot of disconnect with people from themselves, their feelings, their bodies, the earth and spirit. And the, you know, the practices of this ancient modality is just watch bringing that connection back. What do you mean exactly for the listeners, particularly when you say spirit? Because I feel maybe people that are religious would have a perspective or understanding on what that means. But for all the people that sort of sit in the middle, what what do you mean when you use the word spirit? <laughs> well, that is a really good question. Um, I really believe that we are spiritual beings living a physical experience and and I'm only speaking from my perspective. I, I don't subscribe to religion as such, but when I talk about spirit, I'm talking about the the omnipresence of energy. And um, if I went back to when, when I was three and I had my near-death experience, um, my personal experience and of, of account of what I um interacted with was spirit the light as as you will hear people talk about seeing the light i actually really did see the light and um it's taken me most of my life to actually share that experience so for me spirit is the consciousness um from which we were born and as i said a lot a lot of people will call it different things manner for instance or chi or energy for me, it's spirit, and that is the energy that courses through all life. For somebody that isn't particularly spiritual, what is something that you could say that they might be able to relate to in order for them to identify parts of their life that might actually be spiritual? Or do they not have those experiences consciously because they're not open to them actually happening? Like they're happening, but they're not open to receiving them. Exactly, Maddie. I think that's the, the key. If, um, to, you need to be open to experience what it is you perceive spirit to be. And, I mean, it's, it's, to be honest, that word spirit, spiritual and spiritualism has been commercialized to the nth degree. And I think it's spiritualism can be going for a surf. It can be walking through a forest um, and connecting. And so a lot of, I guess you could really use the word connecting to earth as a spiritual form or connecting to something um, within yourself um, that brings that energy through. Um, it's interesting. You really need to be open, in fact, to just be even conceptualized um, or be self-actualized to, to even get a con concept of that, I think. Mm, I, I love these terms you're using, self-actualized. It's good. It's so many thought, thoughts come up. It, and I, I guess I know from my own journey, like 10 years ago, this if you told me that this podcast would exist and that you and I were hanging out talking about shamanic energy medicine, I would have told, told you that you were the craziest hippie and to get off the hooch, essentially, is what I would have said. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, you know, from conversations we've had in the past, it, it's quite interesting where it's all it's all leading. And I think the most empowering thing for people is that they find things out for themselves. There's nothing more empowering than 
going out and doing your own research or going and having your own experiences. So, you know, at an early age, I was seven years of age. I'm at Olveston at my cousin's place and I was rifling through his cupboards, looking through his books, and this book came out from the top shelf and hit me in the centre of the head and um, and I literally hit the ground. And when I got up and looked, it was open to Machu Picchu. So this book was open. So that is what I'm sort of leading to is that I think from that I started to investigate, oh, wow, check out this place. This is amazing. Um, so I, I, that began my, even at that age, my research and my um, investigation, my extreme curiosity um, turned into passion. And, you know, like I love hearing people's perspectives on different things and I think in the end you really come to your own perspectives and you know without dogma just um being able to to talk about it, your experiences and what you what you see on that further to that what you're saying there about coming to your own realization and actualization i'm really curious for someone that worked in the western medical modality being a you know paramedic how did this did this conflict with your understanding of the human body of reality of experience of spirit or was it or was it just it made sense to you like how did those two things go together and what was the conflict in your mind look i, I think i'm still balancing those concepts i think that um yeah it doesn't meld um uh, i think emergency medicine itself is amazing i think that it's required for for, for different things but i think that when um conventional western medicine is, is not really treating the cause, it's more just a diagnosis or even a hypothesis, um, I didn't really, I couldn't really see or feel that it was melting or even uh, there was a combination there. But interesting enough, when I first started that emergency path, I was working in an emergency department and the director of emergency medicine, one of the doctors, Ian, he was um, a, a qualified cranial sacral therapist. So... He was um, he was using a modality on the natural side, um, as well as using his his highly skilled um, attributes in emergency medicine. So we became really good friends, and he was able to to meld them together. He was able to use the concepts with individual patients and things like that. But I still think that I'm the jury's out on that um, at the moment, especially with the current conditions. We're finding out more as time goes on. And I know this is something close to your heart. I think we're finding out more. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, de- I mean, we're definitely finding more out about the way that trauma affects the body and the way that, um, you know, our body genetically records traumatic experiences and, you know, genetic recordings result in hormonal disruptions and permanent changes of, you know, metabolic thresholds and stuff like that. And yeah, I think that's where the sort of, for a lot of people that are not, not into spiritualism in any way. I think that is actually where the rubber would hit the road is understanding that, oh, an experience is actually recorded in my DNA. Exactly. Well, in terms of energy medicine, um, the DNA is actually a hardware of your, your whole biology. So um, it's it's built on the premise that when you're interacting with emotional energy, which is breaking that word down, emotional really means energy in motion. So there is a time, um, there's a, a fairly accurate time where you would be feeling a trauma or an emotion 
and that would interact with your energy field, your luminous energy field, and given the time it then comes into that is um, identifying with your DNA or your hardware and that becomes part of your cells. So that cellular memory becomes the real foundation of how you interact in the world after that trauma or that emotional experience. Uh, Yeah, I really agree with that. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Mm, Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. And Interesting, I guess, with chronic disease that very much has a genetic basis or, or results in a genetic change. I I'm, can't wait to see the research one day when, uh, well, if ever, Western medicine was to fund such research. Now, that's hopeful thinking. But the, that, um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see like how, how the spirit and energy and attitudes and the way people hold themselves and all these things that people wouldn't attribute to the detriment of the physical body. I can't wait to see the research around that kind of stuff and how all of that plays into chronic disease. Yeah, well, that that's kind of a lot of my energy is going into the holistic approach. I certainly when I'm working with clients, if, if there's an area, say a psychology aspect that I'm not completely clear on myself, I really don't around the bush i'll i've got a really really good friend who's a, a great psychologist i'll bring him in for his uh his uh reasoning around it and so i think that ideally it'd be great to have a holistic approach to our individual clients or our patients and um i think that's the way forward and if you really look at it that's the way we'll, we've been practicing for millennia um a holistic approach looking at the whole person as regards to an individual aspect of them. I agree with that. And I guess that's very much sort of the undertone of this podcast. A lot of people say when they first find the podcast that are they like, oh, you've got so much different content on there. And I'm like, that's because humans have just an endless amount of dimensions to their health and to their existence. And yeah, sometimes you need a TCM doctor. Sometimes you need a psych. Sometimes you just need a hug from a best friend. You know what I mean? Like all of these things have their place. and And I think it's just a matter of timing. It's not that somebody should particularly, you know, just sign up to their version of medicine or health for life. It's like, well, every single chapter has a has a different remedy and every different scenario has a different remedy. And it's a little from column A, a little from column B, a little from column C. 
Absolutely. I think that, I mean, from our, our chats before, Maddie, there's a, there's a foundation for all of health and in including shamanic energy medicine is that we're looking at nutrition and we're looking at what's going into the gut, um, as we were saying before, what, how we're speaking, how people are speaking to us, our interactions physically and mentally, spiritually, um, all that constitutes the, the health of somebody. And I, you know, that's how we should really approach people's health. And there's some brilliant people out there like yourself who deal with nutrition. And most people probably don't know um, that, you know, energy medicine is really based on nutrition and what you're putting in and how that nutrition is uploading from the gut to the heart to the brain, informing the brain, going into the right regions of the brain and helping us connect. And with the Quero people that I've worked with in Peru, they call this connection Aini. Aini, being in relate, right relationship with all life, the earth, the cosmos. And they've developed, I mean, these guys are regarded as the first brain scientists, the first neuroscientists in the world um, through uh, the growth of their foods, proximal eating. So all the foods that they grow in their proximal area are really good, um, full of photonutrients, which we know turn on you know, the 500 good genes in our body that are responsible for our health and vitality. So they've grown these, these fruits and vegetables and, you know, different greens to, to upload from the gut to the brain to, um, you know, get into the neocortex and the visual cortex and to increase serotonin and things like that to, to help them apply themselves to that relationship, that INI and um, the reciprocity, the, the giving and receiving. I think that was ultimately one of the biggest things I learned in Peru, their, how they create a relationship with all life for the way they eat their nutrition. Sounds really interesting. We should do an entire episode on deep diving on that history, I think. <laughs> well, you know, this is a, it's, a, it's a big thing to tackle and um, I think kind of today we're just trying to lay a foundation and, and um, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. Continuing to lay that foundation, how does somebody interface with shamanic medicine? Because I guess for a lot of people, it's kind of just really grey and vague. And so, maybe if you could clear up, like, how would somebody go about interfacing or interacting with you or somebody like you with shamanic medicine? And when's the right time to do so? Well, I think it's um, it's it's a choice really um, for your own health. Um, and maybe looking at other approaches to maybe an illness you have or a, a disease or a diagnosis that you've been given um, and looking at all the different modalities that are in the natural um, avenue. There is so many. Um, it's not that easy to interface with people doing shamanic energy medicine because it hasn't really been um, amplified to the degree that I think it should be in Australia. Overseas, it's been going on for a long time. So um, it's a matter of researching, um, looking into, you know, making some inquiries. Um, and that's where our media, social media platforms come into it, I guess. That can really begin that process of interfacing and, you know, um, having a look at what's out there. 
Oh, there's so much out there, particularly in the realm of shamanic energy medicine and all the different streams that branch out from that. Because just as you said in the beginning, I guess when you go to the doctor to check out what's going on with your body, you explore the body only through physical exploration, which is just a single plane of reality. And I can imagine there are so many different ways to approach an individual and their relevant health challenge based on trauma or their spiritual well-being, their relationships. I know from my own experience, I've had health problems and I'm not sure if I've shared this on the podcast before, but solely based on stress, but it took years and thousands of dollars to figure that out because of the very narrow lens that mainstream medicine applies to its investigation. But as well as all of that and all of those angles, it must also include the likes of the shaman's own experience, perspectives, beliefs, and the impact that that, that, that individual's experience has had as well. Oh, exactly. I mean, in my I would call it my physical reality job. I'm a professional lifeguard, so um, I'm interacting with younger people in my work and I'm actually working with a, a young man who's not far from finishing being, you know, getting to be a doctor um, and I'm really excited for him because already he's looking at a whole approach to people's health rather than just the, the Western model, which is great. I mean, you learn so much, but... What I was saying before and alluding to before, we are finding out so much more and it can be quite limited, um, the beliefs around how to treat someone. Um, it can be very limited due to beliefs and a diagnosis, for instance, you know, that once a diagnosis is handed down in the Western way, in the Western medical format, it's very hard to, to break free of that diagnosis. I don't know if you agree with that, but I think that's what I've found and having some young doctors coming in who look at the whole approach and, and definitely bring in some natural therapies, I think that's a good way forward, a very positive way forward. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And the other thing, sort of interesting the way that you word the handing down of the diagnosis and because I think we're really starting to understand now um, that people tie in their diagnoses with their identity and that actually becomes really challenging to help people heal even in like the cancer hospital that I work like healing people that have identified for decades as oh he has cancer oh I have cancer I'm the cancer sufferer I can't do this because I'm cancer like or because I am insert name of disease do you know what I mean and and that ownership over over that over that identity means that that disease now has ownership over you. Oh, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of experience with different people with um, associated cancer and things like that. And I think getting, um, this is probably a tangent, but getting into beliefs as well is that's the pattern you get held in. And one of the first things you do as a student of shamanism is to learn how to basically let go of all beliefs. it's not that easy um, because we've grown up in a world where, you know, literally beliefs have been imposed on our lives and we've just taken it on depending on what age. And in terms of a diagnosis, that's really a belief system that's imposed on you. Um, and as you say, it becomes your identity, um, that diagnosis. And I guess that what I would do with someone is I'll guide them into a place of letting go of beliefs associated with whatever diagnosis they have. and. Um, help them, empower them to to break free of that diagnosis and to use natural therapies as uh, another way of of um, dealing with it. 
Well, you know from listening to the show that we're all about that here on the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. <laughs> exactly, Maddie. I mean, I've listened to, to quite a few of your shows and I think I think we could all have a really good get-together, everybody that's – and come up with a beautiful holistic approach. Um, uh, this is what it's about. And if we're just using a single singularity to, to deal with people, we really are missing missing the point. Yeah. That, I think that message runs through this entire podcast and definitely my understanding of how health should be done in reality. But I'm wondering where people can find you online, where they can begin to interface with you. So, um, look, I'm pretty cool with even getting onto my personal page. Um, my business page on Facebook is where you'll find me. It's uh, Shamanic Energy Medicine Tasmania, um, and you'll see a picture of me in Peru with my fellow shamans. Um, and, yeah, look, feel free to contact me in that way. Um, if you contact Maddie, um, I'll, I'm happy to give my phone number out and speak to people. Um, all about being open and um, yeah if you feel you resonate with a few of the things I've presented yeah I'd love to hear from you yeah absolutely awesome thank you that's really kind I appreciate that you're willing to do that that's cool mate no probs and to wrap up you know the deal what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about well this this is <laughs> such a good question look um, I wish pe- more people knew about um natural medicine um basically and having the ability to to access it um it just seems a little bit stupid or stupendous um a little bit weird that it's not utilized the way it is and i think more people should have access to that and then as i said before then you've got your own opportunity to research and resonate have a field of resonance with something an attraction to something um, because I really believe, as, as I said, it's the integration of all those that will help ultimately your health. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm grateful for your time. Oh, Matty, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on, on this and um, really love the work you're doing. And um, to everybody out there who's listening, stay safe, stay centred, um, keep your vibes high and, um, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get through it. We definitely will. And if you've learned anything from this episode for everyone listening at home, just take a screenshot of the episode, chuck it up on your social media, Maddie and mine. Links will be down below um, so you can contact both of us whenever and wherever you'd like. And uh, yeah, be sure to share it around with friends and family that you love or you think needs to hear any of what Maddie has to say because it's very powerful. And Maddie and I have had heaps of DMs, deep, deep, long conversations. So there's plenty of good stuff coming from Maddie, I can guarantee it. Thank you so much, Matty. No worries, mate. Thanks for being on the show. We'll catch you soon. Look forward to it, bro. All the best. See you, mate. See you, mate. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode.
Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.